2: Hey everyone, Matt Lieb here, co-host of Pod Yourself a Gun. Uh, Just before we get this episode started, I just wanted to uh, briefly ask you if you wouldn't mind going to the podcast app and leaving us uh, five stars and writing a review. Every time you do that, every time we get a review or some stars... Uh, more people will have a chance to see the podcast in the podcast store. So help us game the algorithm by leaving a review uh, and giving us five stars. Uh, if you love this podcast, you know, it's free. You know, we do it out of the goodness of our hearts. We do it because we love you. We do it because we love the Sopranos. So please help us out a little bit and give us uh, some stars and a review and tell your friends about it, too. That would be sick, too. Whatever you really want to do. Just do it. Um, but yeah, just uh, wanted to say that before we get this episode started. And now it is time for your new episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. This week, our guest is Nando Vila. Here we go. Here comes the Prozac hi i'm matt lieb and i'm vince mancini and this is pod Pod yourself yourself a gun gun, a sopranos podcast where me and vince mancini go through every single episode of the sopranos and talk about it the most original idea in podcasting ever (laughs) how you you doing vince
3: oh i'm doing great holding on to my sanity i'm drinking wine it helps
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, while you're sheltering in place, taking care of uh, the fam, you might as well get drunk doing it. It's a good time. Yeah. Uh, Today, our uh, guest is, you know him from TYT and also a new Entourage rewatch podcast called Let's Pot It Out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Nando Villa. How you doing, Nando?
4: I'm doing great. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm happy to be on this very original podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, because I have my own very original podcast. That
3: yeah, is, yeah, that's that's the thing. I like just w- told you to, how to pronounce his name like five minutes ago, and you still fucked it up. Wait, I did, I said Villa. It's Villa. He just said Villa, like Bob oh, Villa. Villa,
2: Villa, Villa. I'm Villa's close enough. God yeah. Vila's damn it! Close Listen, v- I yeah. never claimed to be good <laughs> at podcasting. I that's only true. ever claimed to be original at it <laughs> and come up with original ideas, like watching The Sopranos and talking about every episode no the one's ever got one, it
4: no one's ever heard of this show no, no one has ever heard of it's the Sopranos. the cast members are not even doing podcasts about no this, so why would they not a single
2: one yeah. god damn it people keep tweeting at me like oh my god have you guys heard about this it's michael <laughs> imperioli and dave and what's his name steve, steve. sharipa yeah did, did i get his name right sharipa Sh- close
4: enough yeah.
2: Sharipa. Ah, fucking who cares point is is they're doing it and i keep having to be like i know but uh, i've listened to a little bit of it and i'm just like not one word about titties and that's what we talk (laughs) this show is mostly a show about like titties yeah uh, and i feel like we're the only sopranos podcast that talks
3: about it yeah i mean i've begged matt a hundred times not to say the word titties in the first five minutes but uh he always finds a way to to squeeze it in there we got to yes. have our edge, dude. That's why
2: true. the <laughs> hell would you start a Sopranos podcast uh which is HBO Prestige TV, which like the whole reason you watch Prestige TV is titties? Why titties. would you Why would you start that kind of podcast and be like, "Oh, I'm going to make it PG." Nah. That's, that's true. Yeah, well, you're right. Also,
4: also like Sopranos is like famously right, like the anti-hero, right? Like America's first like, you know, we fell in love with the anti-hero. Like, yeah. You got to be mm-hmm. the anti-hero of the podcast. You got to say edgy shit. You got to do bad shit. You got to kill people. You got to say titties. Exactly. And that, that, that way the audience will love you.
2: Exactly. Yeah. The, the audience that listens to Sopranos doesn't want to listen to a podcast with a bunch of really like detached people trying to keep it PG talking about their family. Nah, they want to hear about murder and titties <laughs> that's and, right. and that's what we offer them. Yeah. And they also... Want to hear our lovely theme song?
5: <laughs> pod pod always said you would be pod pod
2: podcast Pod. Pod.
4: Pod. Podcast. Oh, that is just. You know, <laughs> I've always wondered whether that was done live or whether that was a pre tape. Uh, I, know, I know all the fans of the show have been asking themselves the same question on the Reddit threads and all that stuff. Did they, uh-huh. they, the, they do the theme song live or. or you know, yeah, d- you know.
2: do they just mute every time it says a yeah. uh, got? Every yeah, no uh that i mean i think it speaks to the quality of the remix that people are like oh he must be doing that live because <laughs> there's no way he would have made it so crappy and reused it over and over again but that's the thing this podcast is about you know fucking life giving you lemon and making fucking lemonades dude that's what it's i've just decided that's what it's about that's right <laughs> that's,
3: matt what episode yeah. are we talking today
2: Today, we are talking about, uh, from Season 2, Episode 10, Bust Out, which is a fantastic episode. Uh, Vince, when did this episode come out?
3: This came out March 19th in the year 2000.
2: Mmm, way back in the year 2000, which I've never done before, and (laughs) I wish I had a recording of it so that we could use a clip, but instead, nah, fuck that, I just sang it. Um, what was happening uh, around that time? Before we get into the episode, we'd like to talk about what was happening in America and yeah. in the world around need, the time of the premiere of the cultural episode. Cultural
3: context, to understand. Cultural context. It didn't happen in a vacuum. It happened at a specific time in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, uh, that's the context for it. Yeah.
2: So, so let's take a little trip back into the Wayback Machine.
3: Yeah. So March 19th, 2000, uh, headlines. I cut down the headlines because Matt gave me crap about including too many last time there also wasn't (laughs) that many great headlines uh on this day but uh, one of them uh was that acting president vladimir putin expected to win next sunday's presidential election so he Uh is one week away from his first actual election he was appointed handpicked by boris yeltsin back in october and uh he's gonna win his first of i don't know 17 elections how many elections did he? i don't think they hold them anymore I mean, well, he, how, he,
4: he he had it like that. So he won two terms and then he he couldn't run again for a third. So he put his like number two guy. Yeah. Medvedev. He I won two elections. Yeah. yeah. And then he came back.
2: Yeah. Oh, man. I love that. You know, it's like uh, it's kind of like Obama, you know, tapping Joe Biden. Biden. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you know, it was just like, uh, well, here's the deal, Medvedev. Um, <laughs> you're going to be the president. But <laughs> I... I'm gonna uh, be the Prime Minister. We
3: should be and so then- <laughs> lucky if we had a Medvedev. Uh, the top movies uh, were At least Medvedev was electable yeah. and could complete a set. <laughs> At
2: least he could speak. Yeah. At least Oh god I damn haven't it.
3: heard him speak any At least he, I I,
2: we don't know
4: as far as we know, he ha- he doesn't have any sexual assault allegations against. Uh, him. yeah,
2: yeah. As far as we know, although without the allegations, <laughs> probably, It's. Probably. I think it's safe to say that most <laughs> Russian politicians are. Uh, what do you call it? Bad.
3: Top movies: Aaron Brockovich, Mission to Mars, and Final Destination. Aaron Brockovich and Final Destination were both opening.
4: Mm. Was Mission to Mars that Jerry O'Connell movie? <laughs>
3: uh, That's a great question. God, who was in that? I feel like we discussed. that I on think the it last was Jerry one, O'Connell I forgot already.
2: Was Ice Cube in that? Am I thinking they snakes of... out
3: there? This big? Yeah, yeah.
6: <laughs> God damn, there's a lot yeah. of Martians.
3: It was Jerry O'Connell, uh, Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise is in this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Ghosts of Mars. Yeah. Gary Sinise, Don Cheadle, Connie Nielsen, Jerry O'Connell, Tim Robbins.
4: Mm-hmm. I remember that movie. Uh, Final Destination is actually kind of good. Uh, yeah,
3: that's
2: a dope ass movie. Yeah. It's it's one of those Devin movies. David Sawa. He yeah. follows
4: me on Twitter. He does. Very
2: excited about that. Yeah. That is pretty fucking cool. He was like one of those guys. He was like at the tail end of like the Tiger Beat generation. Yeah. Ym. Of girls.
4: Yeah. 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 Like it was you like know. him, Andrew Keegan. Yeah. Yeah. J- he, Jtt. Jtt. He, he and
3: Jonathan Brandis are like almost the same guy in my mind. So every time like R. I. P. Yeah. Every time Devin Sawa is alive, I'm like, oh, 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 yeah, they're different. <laughs> Dang it. They're like the. Uh, they were like the uh, the the fucking tom hardy and uh and the and the other guy the other guy who looks kind of like tom hardy of their generation yeah
4: or like or like matt damon and and the fat version of matt damon or like
2: uh, Fargo? what's his name johnny depp and skeet ulrich yeah
3: yes elizabeth debicki and uh the other chick who looks exactly like her from masters of sex whose name i forget Anyway, Deep Impact, Again. gotcha. Yeah, very exciting. <laughs> uh, new, the top song, same as last week, Say My Name, Destiny's Child, How Do You Like Me Now, Toby Ugh. Keith, Other Side, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, oh, man. Not a great year for music, I would say. It's I the mean, worst.
4: The, that arrow is the worst. Yeah.
2: The Californication album was, I remember, kind of good. I remember enjoying now, it. No, No? I think it gets a lot of shit. People give like that, like late Red Hot Chili Peppers, a lot of shit for not being early Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> but have you heard early Red Hot Chili Peppers? It's they, unlistenable. They fucking suck. Yeah. It is like some of the worst I music. I mean,
3: you're wrong. they had two good albums. They had Mother's Milk and uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, and yeah, the, the rest the, is pretty much trash. But the early, yeah. like the
4: '80s stuff, like the Hillel Slovak stuff, no good. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's just, just uh, I, I don't know. It just felt like trash but but you
4: know i i'm often wrong and that (laughs) era of music just in general was just dog shit yeah no the 2009 to 2005 this is oh my god this is the
3: in in terms of rock you're in your mid new metal uh where everybody was everybody was middle class and white and angry at their mom hell Uh, yeah and in rap it was like the it was still a bit of like a no limit hangover and no limit was like by far the worst the Master P mm-hmm. era was the worst rap era by far. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. But, uh, Except for yeah, Mystical. I, Mystical was cool.
2: Yeah, but I mean, listen, the fact that new metal was still uh, a big deal around then, I mean, you have to give the era credit because no music <laughs> has ever topped new metal in terms of or- originality, in terms of mashing up genres. In terms of wearing Halloween costumes year-round, <laughs> yeah. in terms of like,
3: having an
4: umlaut in the genre name,
3: yeah, you gotta. I back mean, then everyone I think, had an umlaut. I think Lemmy started that in the eighties, but that's true. Well, but that, that, was, that was in in the band name.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But We're is s- it umlaut? Or is the do, Is the two periods over <laughs> the o? Is
3: it an umlaut or a diaresis? I think that's an umlaut. I, I mean, I, I thought that's I think an umlaut. So. I'm not a Um, German speaker. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Well, we've gone off the rails. So let's
2: uh, let's talk about Sopranos. Yeah. So episode
3: synopsis. Again, this one's called "Bust Out." Uh, Mm -hmm. Episode synopsis, straight from HBO to your ears. Richie meets with Tony to complain about his end of the garbage business. Then meets with Junior to complain about Tony. Later, Tony orchestrates the planned bankruptcy of David Scatino's sporting goods store, while Scatino's wife Carmela while Skatina's wife introduces Carmela to her handsome widowed brother.
2: Beautiful read, Vince. Yeah, thank thank you, you so much. Uh-huh. Um, so, real quick, let's just get through some of these Bada B stories. Um, so, this episode is called Bust Out, and uh, I submit that this is uh, an episode almost entirely about busting. Um, and I mean that in every single way. So, Bada B stories are, Davy gets busted out, Tomo, uh, Tony almost gets busted by the FBI. Carm busts in bed. And Richie needs to bust a cap in Janice to bust, but can't bust a cap in a capo. The, wow. So, okay. Did yeah. You,
3: yeah. Why don't you write a rap song about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bust a cap in
2: a capo. I'm busting a cap over here. It's so stupid. Um. So, yeah. So those are uh the basic storylines. And I think um first... And foremost we start out with the return of david scan what is it scantino yeah, scantino Sca- david scatino what
0: are you doing up there i'm fixing a fucking light bulb that's all
3: it glares <laughs> off the one ball when i rack oh uh, and it glares uh, off the one ball when i rack that's
2: yeah. yeah, so good it's uh yes as you know uh davy is uh the actor who plays davy also famously played the t-1000 am i right about that or did i just make that yeah out? no you did no, not you're make right that i figured that he's got one of those faces if you know and one thing
3: about robert patrick it's that he played the t-1000 in Terminator. yeah 2. it's
4: the way he runs it's uh-huh. exactly
2: it's yeah. unfortunate that you don't see him running a lot in this he's a uh, good series. actor like everything i've seen he him is. in, i'm like
4: i like that guy yeah he's great it, in this episode
2: yeah he is he is fantastic and in general like his storyline uh, throughout this season is is really really good i
3: mean i like Je- i mean there's nothing more embarrassing than getting interrupted by your wife when you're right about to kill yourself it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like the old, it's even worse than getting caught jerking off it's like oh, yeah. mom <laughs> Trying to kill myself in here, God!
4: He's doing it like in his man cave on top of his pool table. He's like sprawled out of his pool table. Like he hides his guns and his man stuff.
2: Sorry, I was just, I was just blowing into this N64 cartridge to get Mario Kart to work. But uh, yeah, it's uh it's definitely like uh the character itself is is like a, is a really interesting one because of the fact that you've got him basically being someone who grew up with Tony Soprano and ends up uh being victimized by him. And in this episode, uh what I love in particular is the fact that uh he is now mid being busted out. So basically Tony and his crew uh have been destroying his business by destroying his credit they're like ordering uh plane tickets under his name they're like uh at at one point it seems like the things they're ordering they start getting weird (laughs) yeah one one of the things shows the
3: pettiness of the mafia and like the the small time nature of it where it's like a very unsophisticated scam and like they're doing it to just nickel and dime
2: Right, if there were any, well, if they were if they were smart coolers, and, or, and, right?
3: <laughs> and Richie only says he only wants
4: the red ones because no yeah. one buys the blue ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you give them to a Nigerian guy on the street, he sells them for three dollars a pop. It's like that's your scheme. Like, how yeah. many of those can you sell on the street?
2: Especially, corner? like imagine imagine busting out someone with good credit. And just being like, no, I'm not going to use this as an opportunity to, to make real money. I'm going to use <laughs> it as an opportunity to uh, basically steal water and coolers. <laughs> so yeah. the, oth- the other thing that they, uh, they order is a bunch of Ramlosa sparkly water. And uh, what is great is that the red coolers and Ramlosa show up throughout the episode right. you, you you just see kind of like everyone who wets their beak in this kind of like <laughs> mob economy so at one point uh it's Carmella, really a brilliant
3: metaphor for wetting your beak you actually use yeah. the sparkle. you're literally
2: wetting your beak yeah. with, <laughs> with with uh, sparkle water um so yeah and davy is particularly sad in this episode because he is being busted out and losing everything and yet continues to blame everyone for the mm-hmm. position that he has put himself in
3: yeah so i feel like this is the first sopranos episode that really got into the like the the mechanisms of a scam Sure. Like, i think sure. Is, I, I, I like this episode because it reminds me it's the sopranos episode that reminds me most of the wire because mm-hmm. it, like it details the how the scam works who benefits from it, uh, like the ripple effects, uh, and what and it, it 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 goes through every. It's like who's benefiting from this, who's uh, who's affected by it, and what are the ultimate consequences of it, and uh, mm-hmm. and it just sort of shows how the this corruption like ripples out into this social circle. But like in the wire, it's very much. Uh it's like about government and and drugs and stuff. And it's and it's right. and it's very it's this very like big picture thing where it's anthropological. Yeah. It's
2: like you yeah, every season you're kind of like learning about a different facet within society that either uh wins or loses due to the drug trade. And like the Sopranos doesn't really take this, this that as the big picture.
3: This is that for fifteen scumbags in New Jersey, which is great. Right.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Like you know, because the 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 thing about it is like you know they're ruining this guy's life. Like they're absolutely, oh, this, yeah. guy's, this guy's about to kill himself. You know yeah. like they're ruining <laughs> his life, and like for what? Like how much money are they making off of selling these coolers on street corners or giving uh, Vesuvio's a good deal on the sparkling right. water? You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's and and the the attitude
2: in general that they have towards busting out Davey or at least that Tony shows is is that it's like no big deal and I think a lot of that has to do with the other B story about the fact that uh Tony's worried about the fact that he might be busted by the FBI so he's kind of like listen after all this is done and you declare planned bankruptcy you're good you can do whatever the fuck you want with (laughs) your life you're not you're not in a cage. Yeah. In so-
4: that scene it's amazing like it's almost like Tony's like offended that David is like sad or pissed off right like, he's like what do you mean this is how i make my living guy. yeah like, right it's very yeah. what do you expect me to do I'm yeah what do what you want
2: to you want to deprive <laughs> me of my living you want to <laughs> yeah. take food out of my children's mouths it's just yeah. like yeah he's completely sociopathic about it's,
3: it. it it's very much that screen cap from uh buster scruggs with, uh, with james franco yeah. with the noose around his neck and he's saying right. hey first time yeah, yeah right <laughs> yeah, yeah like, seriously uh i mean if we could just describe how busting out actually works uh mm-hmm. i mean it's like it's complicated but it's also incredibly simple like you just oh, yeah. you just run you, you have a line of credit and you buy things on it and then you sell those things <laughs> and then you declare With
4: Nigerians on the street corner <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> and then you just declare bankruptcy and so like it can be very complicated but like in this case it's like oh no they literally used it to buy uh coolers and plane tickets and... AJ, a fishing rod that he couldn't get uh, <laughs> yeah. for right. Christmas last year.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny because of the fact that they think so small. Like, you imagine someone competent with an open line of credit that they're going to use to basically just bankrupt... And you could make some serious money, but actually selling coolers is such a meathead Jersey thing yeah. that yeah, you almost respect it. You respect the fact that they're keeping the hustle difficult, right? I mean, on like, a
3: larger scale, like this is the same as a pri- how is how private equity works basically. Like yeah. oh yeah, I mean there's but, oh, there's but they're also, good at it. Yeah, well, but that but yeah, so private equity, they just you know you have your your private equity company, you go and you borrow money uh, to buy a company, but you actually Mm -hmm. borrow money from that company to buy that company. And then you run up a bunch of credit on that company. And now all the debt, it belongs to that company. Like it doesn't belong to your company. It somehow belongs to them. So basically like the Mm -hmm. mafia is doing exactly what a private equity enterprise does. And there's also, uh, I think, I think, I think it's season three of Fargo. That's basically just an entire like busting out scam with, uh, The guy from Anomalisa with his bad teeth. Basically (laughs) invented by Mitt Romney.
4: Oh, yeah. Mitt Romney is the pioneer of the (laughs) private equity industry in the United States when he proposed that to Bain and then created Bain Capital. That was Uh like the first... But he's such a, a nice
3: company. Mormon business He's
4: man. such a nice Mormon, but he's basically Tony you mean, Soprano. Yeah. You yeah. mean future
2: future president because he's a good Republican? <laughs> Mitt Romney actually invented a mafioso scam? That's, <laughs> that's insane. I, uh, by the way, we all know that Mitt Romney, when he runs for president, is going to win now, right? We understand this, that I mean, libs I, are going to be honest, switch over. I think over.
4: Vince McMahon's going to be the next president.
2: No, you might be right. If we're lucky, it'll be Mitt Romney. <laughs> if Fuck.
3: You, if you <laughs> gave me a choice between Mitt Romney and Joe Biden as the Democratic nominee, I, know. I might pick Mitt Romney. Like he's his ideas are like slightly more progressive than Joe Biden in, in a way. Pro- yeah. I can see what you mean.
2: Yeah, <sighs> I mean the problem is is that Mitt Romney uh, is cogent and what yeah. it, wh- where we might have lucked out is that uh, Joe Biden um his brain don't work so good and he (laughs) and he'll read anything that a teleprompter says he's basically he's Ron Burgundy so we might be able to like just edit like add Medicare for all to his teleprompter and then all of a sudden you know he uh well the only reason why the Trump
4: uh, presidency has not been as damaging as the like the Bush presidency was was because he's a doddering cool and <laughs> yeah. like, doesn't have yeah, the yeah. follow through to do anything and yeah. can't really accomplish anything whereas like the the Bush administration he himself was an idiot but the administration was full of like ruthless right. psychopaths yeah uh, yeah
2: so it all depends on who surrounds him and anyways but that's not that's not Sopranos. no it's <laughs> <That's laughs> not we fun. only we only talk about the sopranos <laughs> on trump this is like
3: junior soprano
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no but he is aj um
3: <laughs> yeah he really
2: is trump is very much aj soprano he's just like watching his dad who's like an actual good businessman uh you know he's like his dad is not afraid to get his hands dirty and yet he himself but, like trump's afraid to kill a spider
3: by the pool oh for sure <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: he's definitely i don't that. i
3: think if he swam in it it would be with his shirt on Oh, yeah. By the way, with a full suit on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And by the way, uh, one of the underrated things about the Sopranos is I feel like they when they cast AJ, they got like a perfect body match for Tony. Incredible. mm -hmm. Robert Eiler's body looks exactly like what you would imagine Tony's looked at look like at that age.
2: Yeah. You you do wonder if Robert Eiler a little bit was just like, you're not going to cast me as a young Tony Soprano right waiting i've been waiting <laughs> yeah, <but it's... laughs> I've been wait- I, i'm now the age that he's the, the perfect age to play that and now uh, i think he's like a professional poker player or something so good good on him yeah you're, he's, you're he's like
3: thin now which uh, by the way i feel like it is an underrated aspect of child abuse to uh get like hire a 13 year old and just like film him with his shirt off around the pool like can you imagine if that was mm-hmm. your life like you're yeah so you so become you-, you become
4: like Phil- philip seymour hoffman in uh in along came Polly, <laughs>
3: I, I, need to that see that. I need to see that remember. movie i need to see that was he a child actor in that
4: yeah he was like a yeah he was like a child star and he's been like kind of traumatized but also living off of that reputation his whole life oh yeah uh, nice i
3: mean yeah like it captures your most awkward years on camera and just like preserves them uh forever and like you're basically forever. compared to your imagine being compared to your 13 year old self for your whole life holy shit i know I know.
2: Especially if, like... Because, like, what is the one perk of being, like, a, a child actor or an actor in general um, is that uh, random people you've never met want to have sex with you. Yeah. <laughs> and now you have to imagine the fact that, like, the only people who want to have sex with Robert Eiler are <laughs> people who looked at 13-year-old uh, <laughs> Anthony Jr. and was just like, I, I just want to motorboat those 13-year-old titties. And, like, that's not... Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants... I mean, i Robert probably wouldn't be into that., um, but if you are Robert, please come on, pot yourself
3: a gun. We'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Tony, the interesting thing about this episode is that, you know they're they're basically destroying David Scatino's life in order to get, I don't know ten grand maybe um, yeah. and and the whole time, I love Tony's relationship to uh, David Scatino because the whole time he's like trying to be nice to him, and he's actually yeah, like no. He's like weirdly tender... Uh, to David Scatino and you know I have my favorite as he's driving
2: him to suicide
3: right but as soon as, but as soon as David Scatino tries to reciprocate
4: and, and like commiserate with him Tony's like no don't you fucking do that yeah, yeah, don't yeah. you don't, fucking reminisce with me yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. don't you fucking dare like I get to yeah. be that guy you can't yeah, be that yeah. guy
2: I'm trying to be magnanimous right now and right. you're fucking cramping my style yeah, yeah it, it, I got my is,
3: favorite clip which is basically you know oh, it, yes. it illustrates the duality of Tony in this episode and it's got a little bit of uh furio in the beginning not understanding the uh cultural minutiae of of america where uh, they they tell him he's going to go to elvis country and he doesn't understand what uh elvis country is what is that Eh,
4: anyway there are no jews or italians (laughs) i don't get it it's starting it's fucking starting get back in your office david i'm opening my mail and it's a lawsuit. It's a fucking lien on the building. They're gonna close me down.
0: Davy, not fucking now, okay?
5: They're gonna know after this that it's fraud. I'm gonna go to jail for this. Get, get the
6: fuck back in your fucking hole now.
4: Davy, <laughs> you're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's also an ama- there's an amazing little line Furio before that when, when you know because Tony's in trouble like he might have to go on the run Furio goes to him he goes Tony maybe you got to go lamb chop now for a little bit and he's oh like, yeah and I'm like I'm like did he mean like go on the lamb and he just like yep misunderstood yeah, he that expression he doesn't understand yeah he doesn't yeah. understand
2: the expression go chop, uh, which basically. to be fair i don't understand the i don't expression. understand it either but uh yeah. but uh, yeah that's one of uh that's one of a few different malappropri- uh, malapropisms in this um i think it's that one and uh elvis country yeah but uh, wait that's so, a
3: malapropism uh,
2: um no i guess i guess not uh, that's a you good just, apropism yeah 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 that is a correct apropism. that's a
3: bonapropism.
2: Bonaprop <laughs> um yeah so th- the fact that he wants to let him know he's doing a good job is, <laughs> is just he's just like oh maybe i've been too hard on this guy you're doing <laughs> a great
3: job letting us fuck you over but you know Davis scatino could get back on his feet he's he's not going to get a be able to get a loan from a legitimate bank after this but he might be able to get a mafia loan uh for a new sporting goods store
2: i mean i've always thought to myself like what if you just for funsies like borrowed from the mafia, <laughs> and then like they're like you better pay back in a week, and then you just sat on the money, didn't do anything with it,
5: and, just and then you back. paid
2: them back? Would they be like, oh, okay, well, no, like that, that, can you the interest was, the vig? Well, so that's like, where they get you. But I mean, th- how, does interest immediately accrue? Yeah. Do you have oh, okay?
4: All right, well, yeah, I guess that's like, too. From the second you take it, it starts the cl- the clock starts ticking, it's, and that's. Uh,
2: but like let's say, just okay. for funsies, you also set aside some money, like you, you you for the VIG. So you're basically paying to to take hang, this money. Out. To
4: hang out with Tony I'm just saying,
2: like, what if you're the one guy who's like establishing a good line of credit with the loan sharks? Like that guy's cool. You'll probably get something out of that relationship.
3: My mafia saying. credit score is 795. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i'm just saying i've always thought about it as something like because then you get to hang out with loan sharks and they're probably like they're probably like chilling well that's what know, all dude.
3: of the deuce was about you know you had one james franco who had really mm-hmm. good mafia credit and then another right. james franco had really poor mafia credit that's right. a
2: very good point that's yeah. a very good point
3: but in 20 I mean, years we're gonna it, do a deuce podcast because that show is amazing i love it that is show a, yeah it is a really, really no one good watched show. it I, it's yeah. yeah no one watched the wire when the wire
4: happened either yeah, but then The Wire picked up and I, I don't see the same thing happening with The, the Deuce. It I is, think
2: it'll eventually happen, but it is also a ridiculously short series. What was it? Like 3 seasons, three seasons or something? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's not going to I don't think it's going to first of all, I, I mean, compared to The Wire, I don't think I don't think it compares. I think it's good. Nothing compares uh, well, to The Wire. Yeah, so I mean in terms of the rewatch capacity, I mean we'll see, but I did love it. I thought it was really good. Um, but uh what about Show Me a Hero? There's another good David Simon show. Yeah,
3: that I was think, more boring. I think the Deuce is better. Yeah. yeah. The no, Deuce is right. you know why? It was, was amazing. So much more titties. Well, so many that's more titties. No titties, titties on Show Me A Hero. And how many how that's many James true. Francos were there in Show Me a Hero? Not zero. zero. Not a one. Zero. Yeah, yeah, but there was
2: one
4: Oscar Isaac. That's and true. T- yeah, but, take he, him, but he wasn't like hot Oscar Isaac. They made him uglier. If they like, not, like if they do you see two. those Dune picks? Those Dune Oscar Isaac picks are nice. I know, I know. He's
2: nice with it. Like that yeah. fucking beard, dude. If I'm just had, saying.
3: If they had Oscar Isaac playing quadruplets, there you go. That's a show. I'll green that I, one. I'll, I'll green like that let's, one right let's now. Let's pitch it right now. Let's get yeah. Let's go. HBO. <laughs> let's get, hey,
2: <laughs> hey, we go. We got four Oscar Isaacs.
3: Buy a show. All right, so let's talk about the other plot line in this, which is that Tony might be, uh, you know,
2: well, he's more. He might be going away for a while. He
3: thinks he's going to be going away for a while for Matt was murder. But it seemed like the guy never had a positive identification anyway, right? I mean, he
2: had a positive identification. I I I thought it opens with a positive identification of Tony Soprano, but not of uh, Pussy Pussy. Puppet and Yeah. Um, So Big Pussy is uh, ostensibly in the clear for this, um, which, by the way, makes Tony very suspicious. And I think it is, you know, there's a moment where Tony says, you know, I've been I I got identified um, and they came to me. Why didn't they come to you? And Pussy is like, oh, they will. And Tony shoots him this. Yeah. When Tony shoots him that look, it's kind of like. it It was it, subtle, but it does say to me that like uh oh, he's putting he's putting the pieces together
3: now, do you think that like we've been complaining about the big pussy being a snitch storyline being uh basically like the worst storyline of the or uh, the least interesting dragged out the, the, the mo- most the least compelling storyline of the last like three or four episodes sure and in this in this episode, like they they started to sort of make me care again, I think. Yeah, because I thought with this one, um, the reason that I cared
2: more about this is, number one, he is actually um, not following through as much. Like, the fact that he didn't wear a wire um, and actually, you know, came to the, like, help murder Matthew Bevilacqua, you know, that kind of, like, get gave some more depth to it. He wasn't, like, struggling, like, what am I going to do and, like, freaking out, throwing a mirror and shit. Yeah. Like... Um, and then also, um, yeah. he never, treated... did he ever punch a mirror over this? No, but he threw a mirror at uh, his wife who, uh, when he was in the bathroom, shaving his chest, trying to put on a wire, like a yeah. few episodes ago. Oh, uh, that's you true. Know, he, I guess he was, like freaking counts.
3: out. I mean, I just feel like anytime someone's having a personal crisis in a show or a movie oh, and they don't punch a mirror, that's like a brave narrative choice.
2: I <laughs> just watched something. God, I forget. I forget what
4: it was.
2: Oh God! There's damn that it. scene but, in
4: Dewey Cox where they just keep doing that over and no. over. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs>
2: just a line of sinks that he destroys. Right. Incredible,
3: underrated, incredibly underrated movie. Oh, the, the most Perfect underrated. Movie. It's like the last good comedy.
2: It really is, and kind it, of. Yeah. It, it, it's the last good of that genre. That I, that, I would like, say,
3: Pop Star was pretty great too. But that's yeah. true. That's I true. keep hearing that, but I haven't watched it yet. Oh,
2: it's it's fucking good, but. uh yeah, um, the, there was a, another movie or television show I ro- watched recently where something happened, uh, you know, to the protagonist or whatnot, and then he's in the bathroom, and uh, I'm like, please don't break a mirror, please don't break <laughs> yeah. a mirror, please don't break a mirror. And, like, he didn't for a while, and then he ends it with breaking the mirror, and I was like, over, I'm yeah. over this Did show. you ever see
3: Foxcatcher? I think Foxcatcher is, like, 90%... Uh, Channing Tatum mm. punching mirrors or punching <laughs> walls or hitting his head against walls. It's a lot. Yeah, of that. but that's
4: that's it's his... the end of Twin Peaks too. Like that's how he figures out that he's still, you know, you got You got to break coop. a mirror.
2: Yeah.
5: yeah, I mean,
2: it's it's definitely. Uh... It's it's cliche for sure, but uh, yeah. So the pussy storyline I thought was uh, uh, redeeming itself a little bit in this one because of the fact that it was a little bit more subtle. It, it was like, a little
4: the the plotting in this in this one was a little weird in that you know the, the witness kind of just comes out of nowhere. I mean they were like in the middle of the night, right? When I, yeah. I haven't been watching. I, j- I just watched this episode. But yeah, I yeah.
2: They were it was it was in the middle of the night,
4: but um, and they don't set that up right in the previous episode that there was no. a guy watching. It's just like he just appears. Um, yeah. And then he IDs Tony Soprano, and then. Later, his wife's like, what do you like? You know? Yes. And, and he's like, oh, shit, it's Tony Soprano. Like, he, you know what I mean? Like, he did it. Yeah. They knew it. They knew who he was, but he didn't know who he was. Well, but it's like it's he a did, weird. He,
2: he knew what he saw, which was that he he heard what he thought was firecrackers. And then he looked out <laughs> and he saw um, Tony Soprano. He we didn't know it was Tony. He but he was able to identify what the guy looked like and um, an accomplice. Um, you know getting out to to look at that and not know it was the mafia is kind of weird yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> he's too, it's like two fat italian guys <laughs> yeah it's
2: like, like that's to be marfious. racist you know like yeah yeah he's like this this is a this was some
3: sort of like crack deal wasn't <laughs> yeah. it and you're like they were both about 58 yeah. and 240
2: to 270 yeah I just it's weird that he wouldn't uh, automatically assume that's that's what it is but i will say um that Snitch, uh, that flag flag waving motherfucker, yeah. as they call them. The depiction
3: um, of the flag waving motherfucker. Well, it's is, amazing. Did you guys yeah. notice
4: the book he was reading? Um, yes,
3: it, the it's Anarchy, State, and Utopia by utopia. Robert Robert Nozick. Yeah, uh, it's it like is, the
4: libertarian Bible. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so this is best this
2: guy is, ever. This is my favorite scene. Uh, th- if we're doing favorite, least
0: favorite, um.
2: my favorite was the scene where the snitch and his wife um, are sitting, listening to maybe the most pretentious piano music uh, <laughs> ever. I honestly thought
4: when I first when I was watching it last night, I thought it might it was coming from like outside. I was like, it it felt so yeah, weird in the episode.
2: It is just—it's such a—the it's the dumbest song ever. So apparently, it's uh, it's the second movement from Anton uh, Webern's Variations for Piano, Opus Twenty Seven. Wow. Uh, so he's sitting. Uh, they're listening to the worst music while he reads Anarchy, State, and Utopia, and um, I actually I have a clip of it just because. Yeah. Everything about this scene is perfect in terms <laughs> yeah. of like displaying what a libertarian I, I don't want to say yuppie i don't i'm trying to think because they're not young they're, uh, what's the word for them they're like they're
4: a, they're like you know like they're like preppy um i think yuppie's yeah, fine i think yuppie yeah word. yuppie's fine it's like uh but they're older it's like, like they're, a,
2: they're they're bo- they're boomer elitist uh fucking i i don't know uh, the only word that comes to like mind bow tie assholes you know yeah like, bowtie think cosplay I think the,
4: as like you know like they they, lo- they would like fancy themselves like a general in World War II or something. Yeah, like like like, they, like, you know.
2: like uh, the word that comes to mind is Connecticut, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I've never <laughs> been Connecticut um, Normies. I, Connecticut Normies uh, in King Tony's court. All right, I have uh, a clip. It's <laughs> yeah. called Fave
3: Scene. A flag waving motherfucker and wife. I feel like this scene in the script started with cut to interior. A flag waving. <laughs> a flag waving motherfucker's house. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So here's the clip. <laughs> like that's music that someone would listen to on purpose. Like you're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. It's literally like just have a child and just <laughs> yeah. say, hey, could you, uh, could you just like smash some keys for a while? It sounds
3: like a, a cat just felt like was running across the piano. Yeah. Like
2: someone wrote
3: that on staff paper.
5: Yeah.
2: <laughs> What's the first movement like? That's the second one. What is the first? Yeah. It
3: can't be worse. That's the bow movement, if you ask me. Hey. Ooh. hey. Spinal, cap, but spinal tap, but classical. Yeah, very. The good. classical version of shit sandwich. Anyway.
5: Oh my God! Please, God, no.
3: What the hell is it?
5: The victim has now further been identified as Matthew Bevilacqua, a soprano family associate.
6: Fuck. Give me that. Officials close to the investigation are keeping tight-lipped as it may involve a high-ranking mafia member. Oh, my God. Where's that detective's number? On the fridge. Those lying cocksuckers. We're on the fridge. I'm a fridge. I'm a fridge. We're on the fucking fridge. I knew it. I knew it. But you
5: had
4: to be the big man. She even has that accent, like the pretentious, you had to be the big man. Yeah. It's like like a Catherine Hepburn type of thing. Yeah,
2: she she saw a Catherine Hepburn movie and was just like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm going to model my fucking vocal cords after. You had to be the big man. Like that. It was just. You got it. You got even the fucking like random one scene actors in The Sopranos deserve an Emmy. Oh, yeah. like,
3: that is a real masterclass for any writer in just, you know, making your minor throwaway characters like thoroughly detestable in a very yes. familiar well, way. Well, because,
4: and that's like key, right? Because like he's actually like doing the right thing you know like doing his civic duty by trying to id a murderer you know like going to the cops and shit but like they make him so hateable that you root against him and you want tony to get away with it you know like you got to make him
3: somehow worse yeah Yeah. tony soprano who's ruining this man's life he was about to get shot college fund he he was about to get capped by the invisible hand of the market and
2: uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just it's just one of those scenes that like can exist at any point in The Sopranos and yeah. it's just like, uh, it's standalone brilliance. Yeah. Everything about it, just like so rich in detail
4: about why you hate this person yeah. who is a, love...
2: ostensibly the only good character
4: right. on the show as, I, as far I love as we the, know. Like the writer's room. It's like, how do we make a guy who's worse than a, a, like a mafia kingpin who just murders people left and right? It's like a, yeah. A make him a libertarian. Yeah. Make yeah. Him a libertarian. <laughs>
3: I mean, I do like that, like the underpinning of most people in the mafia is just thorough disdain for the the working man. Same with Goodfellas. It's just like it's all grounded by uh, thinking everyone else is a complete sucker and a rube.
2: Yeah. 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 It's uh, anyway. I mean, it was just I, I was thinking about my least favorite scene. And I realized that at this point for this episode, I would have to just kind of choose like every scene in this if I were to choose it I think it would make someone mad because there's something redeeming about pretty much everything um
3: this didn't have very this didn't have any bad scenes I would say there was a, there was one bad moment.
2: What was what was your your least favorite? Moment? My
3: least favorite moment is when Richie Aprile brings up the fucking jacket again because it's just mm. like a callback to that terrible episode and that terrible stupid Seinfeldian yeah. plotline about the fucking jacket. Like they have so much more but, better bigger drama and he's still thinking about the fucking jacket. Get out of here! But that yeah. scene is incredible. Like oh that yeah, that scene is so oh. memorable. Overall, I mean, absolutely the, the sex, the sex,
4: like the Richie Aprio pointing the gun at Janice's head while, yeah. while begging, and then getting interrupted by Olivia just coming down oh, the stairs yeah. on the mechanized <laughs> yeah. thing. Are you He's smoking like, marijuana? Yeah, marijuana. <laughs> yeah it's like, it's
3: so perfect. So, so one outstanding, I mean, I think I have a good answer for this, but uh, mm-hmm. the one outstanding question from that scene. Is like whose idea, whose kink was that? Right. to have him pointing the gun at her head while they screw. Was it Richie's well, I think she, or was it? Janice's? She mentions
4: she mentions it. that It's like I'm doing it how you like, baby. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems and like, like and he but she also speci- says
3: she's turned on by powerful men and she d- has no regrets about well,
4: she's, it. Well, I think she's she Janice. is like, playing like, him. between him and and Ralphie. not doesn't, doesn't like is is she the one that that sticks Ralphie with the dildo?
6: Yes, yeah. yeah.
4: Like she's I, she seems to like be an expert at. You know, safely asking what the kink is, like the dirtiest kink that some guy has that she wants to please and then doing it, you know? Right. She's
2: she's definitely like she's at the very least treated by men in a way where they feel safe enough with her. Right. Like maybe it's because her name used to be Pravati. Uh, but there there's they feel her as being open minded enough to right. uh, be trusted with information like right. i like to uh so you think stick that, a gun to
3: women's head so you when think I'm that was her. richie's kink cuz yeah, i i, do. I interpreted 100%. that i interpreted that 100% as janice's kink I, well, no. because
2: he specifically says...
3: Um, you that's know, not how it works, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's not... Yeah, the, uh, when, when she starts going into all of the stuff uh, that he doesn't like, like being called the boss and it should you be should you. You should be the boss. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he says that's, that's not part of it, yeah, which that's like, that's I interpreted as like, listen, the way it works is I stick a gun to your head <laughs> and I fuck you and pretend you're a yeah. dude in prison because there's a theory that we have uh, that our previous guest uh shireen eunice uh uh, kind of like posited which is that richie might be in the closet and there's a lot of just little breadcrumbs leading there's like a trail of clues that he might be and i do think this fits a little bit into it being
3: that it just seems so strange yeah so uh, i disagree with you because of what you said about powerful men but I think a bigger question I have based on this scene is yeah. like, are are the screenwriters blaming Tony's personality on the fact that he's surrounded by terrible women because he because yes. J- Janice is um like when when Junior talks about her as a ten year old girl like stealing money from his wallet like she's basically like bad from the beginning and mm-hmm. uh, there's really no origin story for why Livia is terrible but you can definitely it's definitely setting up the uh, like the the foundation of tony's psyche is that he seems to be surrounded by you know the well, the terror it's kill like the him. yoko think, well, the yoko I trope. think like I
4: think Tony and and Janice are both victims of Livia, like right. Livia's the great yeah, monster. Right. She's the great villain, right in the early seasons, especially. Right. And Tony and and, and Janice, just it's it manifests differently for like a, a man and a woman. Sure. But like the mommy issues are are with both of them. I mean, like Janice is trying to cosplay as Livia, as like a woman who like behind the scenes can manipulate the powerful man. You know, because like that was like Livia's whole thing. Like she can. She is, like,
3: as much of a Don as anyone else. Right. Just Janice
4: just doesn't quite have it. Like, she's not as... Yeah. Yeah. I, like, are I, they I see...
3: se- are they being set up as uh, equal to Tony in that they manipulate, but they just do it in different ways? Or are they an explanation for Tony, I guess, is the question.
2: I, I don't see it as much as... Um, th- like, when you talk about it being women uh, in general are are written as kind of the yokos it's it, to me it seems to be very focused on the women in the soprano family yeah. um as opposed to like let's say like dr melfi or even carmella right so uh so yeah i don't i don't really see it uh as being like all of the women in the show are kind of like trying to kill tony it seems to be very much focused on like The Sopranos are a family of people who try to...
3: Of fucked up people.
2: Of fucked up people. And I think, uh, Nando, that you're right. It is based on the fact that, like... You know, they were raised by Livia Soprano, who is a monster.
4: And the dad was like basically absent. I mean, even Carmela, Carmela makes like a line about it in this, in this, in this episode. She's like, I read in whatever magazine that. It was Time Magazine. Yeah, Time Magazine. Yeah, (laughs) Time Magazine that absent fathers very bad for the child's like blah, 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 blah. They can't express their frustrations and all that, you know.
3: I read that absent fathers uh, turn their children into Tony Sopranos. It's very. It's
4: basically what she tells him. Yeah, and he and he doesn't he doesn't even like it doesn't even register with him. He's just like (laughs) he's got to be he's got to become a street smart. Someone's got to tell him street (laughs) smart. Like he's (laughs) not even listening to her. My wife
3: is yap yap yapping again. Yeah,
2: (laughs) but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, headed back uh, real quick to um, Richie and Janice's uh, sexual kinks. I actually I have a clip from um their uh their sexual intercourse Fun. that um uh w- in which she is um talking about him being the boss and um i got it vince why don't you play that
1: oh richie oh richie oh baby you're the boss oh you're the boss oh you're the boss oh baby oh
5: you're the best oh it's just you. oh It's should be oh <laughs> what?
6: What? That's not part of it.
3: This so is like that the is, uh, you... that's
2: the theme song from Who's the Boss. Oh, and here's d- oh the was thing. it? Was it really?
3: I didn't miss that.
2: The, yeah. So even when I was creating that clip, which took so long, uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, I don't recognize this theme song like at all. But someone will, yeah. and very much enjoy this joke.
3: This is like that Simpsons episode where uh, Homer learns to video edit. Like that's you when with audio <laughs> editing, where where Lisa's like, you know, there it's are all other star wipes. <laughs> there are other why there are other transitions besides star wipes.
2: Yeah, I pretty much am. Uh, this is a star wipe podcast. <laughs> this is the way I like to look at it. It's all star wipes because you know if you're gonna fucking go for it, you gotta go go for the gold. Yeah, and there's nothing nothing better than a star wipe. Um, yeah, uh, I. Th- thought that the the janice storyline when it comes to uh, her relationship with richie is really now getting into where everyone kind of knew it was going which is like she is now pretty much directly um you know trying to instruct richie that he should she's trying to let take- him beth yeah, exactly. He's trying to Lady Macbeth him, like trying to Olivia Soprano him, really. Yeah. Um, and like in this case, Richie is Junior, and uh, and trying to get him to kill Tony, which is, uh, yeah, you know, it's a sick fucking family. They really, they really are. Uh, you know, they 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 do all need therapy. I get why it's a show about mobsters going to therapy. Um, but yeah, there is that interesting moment in which Junior, who has been through this before with Sopranos um, trying to, uh, to suggest subtly that they should maybe murder one of their kin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so he's been In through my this own before.
4: Home. That's my nephew,
0: goddammit.
2: Yeah, and, uh, and gives uh, issues a, a little bit of a warning to Richie Aprile, which I have for you.
0: This fucking guy was supposed to be laid on a middle a year ago. I know it, and you know it.
6: Let me tell you who's not a good kid. That niece of mine. I left my brother's house one night and my wallet was light. I'm talking about a 10-year-old girl here, Richie. A word to the wise, that's all I'm saying.
3: I like that because, uh, you know, Junior's trying to act. He's trying to play like the moral high card and uh, and Richie's like, hey, bro, you're the one who tried to whack him in the first place.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and also, you know junior in i mean the most roundabout way possible without just saying you know his mother tried to get me to kill him and that didn't work out too well so maybe watch out where you're getting these ideas from uh without saying that he basically is just like you know, this uh, niece of mine stole from me once, so maybe don't listen to her. And uh, it is, uh, it's interesting because it's like it actually shows like a little bit of, uh, he like he's learned his lesson a little bit, which is that, uh, you know, if you come at the king, you best not miss. Well, the other, the other
4: dynamic that exists there is that like Junior um, is doing something that a lot of these mobsters do, is that they, they, they convince themselves that their choices are, they did nothing wrong you know like like in his mind you know he he like his decision to try to whack tony was justified and he does, but he doesn't even like remember it that way Mm -hmm. even like like when tony in later on the episode he's like i did nothing wrong by the way you know for something i didn't do to dr melfi you know and he probably believes that he's like he just murdered monty bevilacqua but he probably believes that
2: yeah he's like i did nothing wrong it's the same reason why in that episode he's like uh no, I don't go to hell. Only only rapists and cannibals go to hell, which is like... <laughs> you, the fact that he brought up cannibals means like he's like, don't say murderers, don't say murderers, right. don't yeah. say... You know, like this dude, yeah, he absolutely believes that he did nothing wrong. Not that murder... Murder is not wrong if it's in service of revenge or money or business. Like, this dude can pretty much justify any of the bullshit that he's ever pulled. Um, And, yeah, I think that's true of all
3: these, like, mobsters. Uh,
2: They're, uh, what do you call it? Sociopaths. Yeah. Yeah. So,
3: Matt, uh, I thought you had an interesting question from this episode about Beansy. We haven't talked about the Beansy scene. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Where Tony's trying to pay Beansy 50 grand.
4: Well, yeah it's, it's re- not really like that's the weird part about it
2: well that's so this is the question that i have is is that um it, it, it this scene uh, what follows or uh, previous to the scene is tony soprano leaving therapy right after this is right after he realizes that like the witness has decided to recant and you know oh i don't know what i saw and he's feeling really good he leaves therapy because he's like you know what Today is a good day. I know I'm not going to prison. And then he immediately goes to Beansy and has $50,000 to give him that he wants Beansy to give to charity. Did and he really want him to give it to charity or was he just I saying don't...
3: that because Beansy didn't want to take it?
2: I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, why does Beansy have to take the money? Why does I he mean, have to give it to charity? Well, and why does Beansy not want to take the money? I'm confused by this well, whole scene.
4: Well, because you don't want to, you don't want to, like, it's it's a, it's a it's like a flex. And you yeah. don't want to owe anything. I mean, he doesn't owe that money, but he, like, you know what I mean? Like, you always yeah. owe. That, I mean, that's how, like, the mob, like, keeps their hooks into you, is like, you kind of constantly yeah. owe them. Yeah. And,
2: but yeah, so oh, that's interesting. I, yeah, so he has I also to. Take... Feel
3: like, I also feel like it's it's one of those movie moves where you know, it's kind of like the punching the mirror thing, where there's always the scene where it's like, "I don't want your dirty money." And yeah, in yeah, my yeah. mind, I'm always like, you know, if you give me dirty money, uh, I'm going to use it for good things, so it's going to cease to be dirty money anyway. I will absolutely take anyone's dirty money, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'll, I'll spend it. In a good way, which is uh, to make my life better. <laughs> You're very Matt, easily like, c-
4: corruptible, Vince. <laughs> Matt, it's like an exaggerated version of what you were talking about earlier, that Tony wants to feel magnanimous, right? Like that, yeah. MC, I you th- know. Th- it's like he basically has to threaten Beansy's life. To, yeah, you know, to take the money he's like he he doesn't say it but he like looks at him like dude you fucking take you this gotta money take this home. money yeah, <laughs> yeah I, that's yeah.
2: exactly what i was thinking i was like i was thinking it's possible that he's feeling really really good right then yeah. and so he's like you know what i'm gonna do something magnanimous and then as soon as he tries it the person who he's trying to do the favor for doesn't want to take the money and he's like if you don't do this, this high that I'm running on of everything's gonna be all right, and I'm actually a really good person, and that's why everything worked out for me, is gonna be gone. So you have to take this money or I'll fucking kill you.
4: Which yeah. is. Uh, and Tony's is, face when he's yeah. walking away after that scene, like he's, he's, he looks so self satisfied. Like he's just yeah. smiling. <laughs> I did you know a good thing today. Like, I did the yeah. best thing ever. And Beansy's like fucking terrified. I mean,. Yeah, I mean, like you, he know Beansy like knows the game. He knows that if you accept fifty thousand dollars from Tony Soprano, there's always strings attached. Right, right.
2: In this case, you know the strings are going to be that you know whatever whatever pull he has, whatever kind of uh, favors he's able to do, he's going to have to basically. He's still in the life, despite the fact that he can never walk again. (laughs) Um, So let's let's move on to uh, the final. b-story uh carm bus in bed and that's uh (laughs) that is um surrounding the character who is uh davy's wife's um brother is so davy's brother-in-law uh victor musto uh victor musto mucho busto i wrote for some reason um so he's bonded state certified and still dangerous uh and (laughs) And he's a a, a, widower, a widower. He's a husky who's, man. He's a husky man with beautiful blue eyes mm-hmm. uh, and a widower, widower whose uh, late wife had a hostile womb. Again, and,
3: like great casting because yes. in the same way that AJ's body looks like a young Tony... David's body looks like like a more a uh, fit and conventionally attractive version of Tony's. Like he's still yeah, he's still kind of stocky. Like he seems like the guy. Like he seems like exactly the kind of guy who would get Carmela's rocks off.
4: Right. Yeah. I
2: mean, he's, he's basically big, he's husky.
5: He's,
3: yeah. He's
2: he's Tony Soprano. If Tony Soprano um, what you know didn't have you know his life on easy street you know if he took like a square job and like with his education and his skills he would be a guy who who owns a really good
4: like
3: roofing business and he's a little more sensitive he's like he's doing a, a blue collar job but he's also like interior decorator adjacent
4: well, he's yeah. also like, he's also kind of like, he's like, he's kind of, you know how Tony Soprano was like, whatever happened to the strong, silent type, you know, like yes. Gary Cooper, you know, like he, yeah. Tony Sopranos sees himself that way, even though he's like not that at all. He's <laughs> right. like a, right. a narcissistic, selfish, you know, yeah, this guy yeah. is kind of like the strong, silent type, you know, like he yeah, is he's kind just, of like a noble, yeah. you know, blue collar guy down to earth, you know, who, yeah, yeah. who's a and widower. Like,
2: and, and right. I mean, he's clearly, you know, he's he's not trying to burden anyone with uh, any of his problems. But at the same time, he's also got that he's he's definitely manipulative in that he I mean, in the way that flirting is
4: manipulative. Yeah, He wants to
2: smash. He wants to smash. Yeah. He's trying to bust. And Gary so- Cooper wanted
4: to smash too. Come on.
2: That's the thing. That's why you're strong and silent because that way you can bust (laughs) them. Way to smash. Yeah.
3: They're strong and silent. they strong and silent right until the point where they bust and they get really loud. That's that's the thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And ah! Oh! Ah, oh! They, they get oh, yeah. and,
2: They're strong and silent until they get loud and weak. Um. Oh! After oh, they bu- oh, oh, oh! Oh! Okay. So <laughs> we gotta. Ow! 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 <laughs> it hurts. Uh, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so, um, this is an interesting storyline, uh, for Carm because of the fact that Carm is, uh. You know, she's dealing with the fact that Tony is completely um, emotionally absent because he's dealing with some shit that she has no idea about. The fact that he might be going to prison for murdering Matthew Bevilacqua. And she and him get into, I think, the first physical fight that I've seen them uh get into on the show i mean maybe i i i you know i always say that and then it turns out a few episodes ago the thing <laughs> happened but but yeah like uh you know so she's frustrated with him and she's horny and she meets vic and he's sweet he's like husky he's strong and he wants to smash uh, as much as she does yeah and they have this amazing scene uh so well directed you
3: know, that whole storyline
2: Oh, it's wonderfully directed and and like just the the way that as soon as they enter that one room that she wants to show him, which is number one her plan definitely to be alone with him because uh-huh. she closes the door oh yeah um and then also like they're so close together there's that like claustrophobic feeling where you're just like they have to kiss you yeah. know if you if you, it's, it's not a, like, it's not their fault. It's like basically the director's version of like pushing two women's heads together and trying to make them kiss. He basically was like, <laughs> Everyone, get in this small room and they'll definitely kiss. And she is, God damn it, Edie Falco is like one of the best actors ever. Oh, yeah. Because her, like, just that moment right before the kiss where she just says, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like <'cause> She <laughs> knows. That. She just nailed it. It's just like that feeling of like, oh, here we go. I'm yeah. about to cheat, and uh, it did feel like just um,
3: glistening.
4: Yeah, I well, mean, we also get the, you know, in the Carm storyline, the the Andrea Bocelli, uh, yeah, song, which, which is like the that means Carmela. Carmela's horny. She wants. To yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that song means in the Sopranos. Yeah, the song, and, uh, and and in my life too. Yeah,
2: no, seriously. If I hear Conte Partiro, I'm just like, "Ooh, baby, I'm, I'm like Marvin Gaye." Yeah, no, not me. Conte Partiro, and I got blood in my boner. That just it puts it right up in there. I need a blind man singing about love. Um, but yeah, uh, it is like it's a really passionate scene, and it does a lot uh, without doing too much, you know, because it's just this like incredibly passionate kiss. And you're kind of rooting for her in this schoolgirl type way where you're just like, this relationship. You, Because you obviously, you don't wish harm upon Vic, but you know what would happen if this were to continue. And it does seem like it's going to up until the point where Vic pulls uh, Davey aside. And Davey admits that he's been busted out by the mob and by Tony Soprano specifically. And that's when basically Vic is like, fuck that you know i for some reason he wasn't worried about tony soprano before probably because he didn't really know who he was yeah
4: but which it's it's when he saw like how ruthless he could be with with david that he was like oh this guy doesn't fuck around he's not like
2: yeah i i guess so i guess it it was like he was like oh i mean i knew he was in the mafia but i didn't know that he was mean like (laughs) it was like it was like this weird thing where he's just like all right maybe i shouldn't have an affair with his wife but uh but you do feel bad for Karm because she really like she even says, you know, I don't know if, you know, I haven't felt this way in a long time, maybe ever. And you're just like, damn, like,
4: yeah. oh, sh- well, it's like Tony, mm. Tony ruined it without even knowing it, you know, yeah. without knowing he did, you know, like he didn't even know what was happening. And he and he stopped it without him, you know, yeah. I mean? just by existing. Just you know. by
2: existing, just by, you know, the someone, you know, seeing the wreckage that he's caused in other people's lives and going, I'm going to steer clear. I'm going to, I'm not going to do that. And therefore, Carm has to uh, continue having dreams where I imagine she's getting plowed <laughs> by a guy who does wallpaper. Um, sure. And this, he's, this he's, hitting the,
3: m- he's hitting the back walls. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> hitting them back he's- <laughs> He's wallpapering them back walls. Oh, my
2: God. It leads me to... He's uh,
3: applying adhesive to the back walls. (laughs) All right.
2: (laughs) Leads me to my final question um, about this episode. In the scene where Meadow and Tony, Tony is drunk, and he's worried about possibly going to prison, and Meadow comes home and meta wants to go up to her room because she's gonna go to a chat
4: room <laughs> yeah it's amazing <laughs> i was like, couldn't stop laughing when i saw that it's like, dad i got an appointment with my fucking I chat got, room
2: <laughs> i've got an appointment with a chat room which um by the way that leads me to my favorite segment on the show vince i hope you're ready with the bumper oh. it's the 90s it's the it 90s so parents
1: great- are supposed to discuss sex with their children <laughs> it's the 90s it's, it's the 90s you're on,
2: 90s now that is just perfect <laughs> That's crazy. just for the bumper occasionally i make a good bumper nando I um know. so <laughs> so yeah um she wants to go to a chat room uh <laughs> and and i just am wondering like because i was i was online in my family by around 2001 so so i was i kind of missed the That's era late. of yeah it's late yeah, i, I it's miss the era late
4: of, Yeah, seriously.
2: All right. (laughs) You know what? We just didn't have a computer. Um, So My mom had a computer that had Windows 95, but I remember in like 2001, it was like right before um, 9-11, we got... Best time to be online. (laughs) Yeah, we got a Dell... 9-11 ruined the internet. It really did, yeah. I mean, as soon as I logged on the internet, I was like, oh, perfect, because all I really wanted this for was porn and beheading videos, so I got (laughs) those in spades. But I missed the era of like um like heavy chat room use like oh, i yeah. used aim but i was never really like a chat room person. Oh,
3: i was i was into the, the chat rooms were like a revelation if so what, you know, what was if going you on in- super lonely and lived in the country and you were about you didn't d- didn't have a driver's license yet yeah you just like literally logged into chat rooms to chat with random people it was so stupid and yet it was like I was like obsessed so, but, with it because, it you know. But was like did you 14. make
2: an? I, under, I understood it for like if you're talking to strangers, you get in the chat room, you talk to strangers. Th- would you do a thing where you had an appointment with friends? <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. Sometimes there would be like group chats. Like, okay. Like AIM kind of group chats. But I don't know if that's what she's talking about in this. But like you, I do, do remember like being in like, you know, a four person group chat on AIM or whatever. But the chat rooms... I don't know, whenever I went on a chat room, it was always like with a friend of mine and it was we were always like pretend. we were always like trying to get naked pics. Yeah, right, like exactly. people would send you and, and they would tell you that it was them, you know, but yeah. it was, like <laughs> some old guy, yeah. no. you know, yeah. like, just like finding pictures online and then sending to you.
2: Which leads me to my next question was, do you think she's in that chat room like sending pussy pics? For sure.
3: No, but for Hunter Hunter definitely was. Well, Hunter for sure. She's a she's a little <laughs> slut.
4: Did you did you notice the 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 posters in a room in this episode Dude, of the johnny, johnny lang, lang and hole <laughs> <That's
6: so random. laughs> yeah those
4: johnny the other... lang
3: was that was it song People, I was, like, to johnny me, lang was gonna be a thing for like a month i, I,
6: think. I
2: was just yeah. thinking about johnny lang before watching this episode i was just like whatever happened to that guy like he was like there was a thing where because he was hot and he was like a blues musician yeah he was
4: like a really good and, guitar player
2: and and so and i just think about that and i'm just like nothing happened and yet they still took a chance with john mayer and it worked out (laughs) right you know it's just like eh. i mean johnny lang's probably fine he's probably you know doing like state fairs and kind (laughs) of like theater shows i bet he could he could fuck up a theater but you know i i you know yeah those blues guys
3: they still sell out everybody wants the blues every now and then they don't care where they get it
2: yeah you just go to a small blues club um (laughs) But uh, the other uh, other '90s shit going on uh, was, of course, uh, Carm was reading Memoirs of a Geisha, yes. which is uh, a fucking awful book.
3: If it's you guys not. Have ever... I like that book. It okay, so I never. I, I haven't reread I it. Read read the book. Memoirs of a Geisha. I haven't read it, reread it like in the last ten years. But I remember really liking it.
2: Okay, so I didn't read it. I saw the movie, and it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> and as I was watching it, I was like, "This feels like it was written." By a white man. And it turns out that it was. And apparently Memoirs of a Geisha uh, got into some uh, legal trouble uh, based on the fact that a lot of the story was taken directly from someone else who was
4: an actual so it Geisha. definitely he definitely would have been canceled like in, oh, 20, yeah. in 2020. Oh.
3: He's canceled as fuck. Yeah, like it, he's, was, it he's, was actually a stolen memoir of a geisha. Right. It was a
2: st- yeah, and so the real geisha. It uh, is actual
4: cultural appropriation. It's like literally yeah, yeah. Culture. It's
2: like literally appropriating a yeah. culture. It's right. not even yeah, exactly. So uh, the literal, the real geisha who the fake memoir was based on uh, wrote a real memoir, and apparently it's very good. The real um, geisha. They should they yeah. should
4: make that movie. You know, like the real memoirs of a geisha. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a porn. The gritty, the gritty remake. <laughs> Go, yeah, the <laughs> hell yeah dude i would watch that shit um
2: also, uh, another uh, very 90s reference at the very beginning, he's hanging out in a mall. And also, just kind of a, just there's like a lot of references to malls. At one point, AJ talks about going to the mall and he's like, What do you do at the mall? Yeah. He's like, I don't know. We just <laughs> Mrs. hang out Fields? and eat food. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, it goes to Mrs. Fields and shit yeah. like that. He's like, So you
3: you men and women hanging out together, yeah. just going to the mall. Yeah. And in my like, day, like, we hung out with my cousin Richie in his car yeah. and we shouted at women from the car. like real men you shout at women and then you put firecrackers (laughs) in a frog's
2: asshole (laughs)
4: yeah the other like super 90s thing was just the Mm. the fact that david scatino has like an independent sports store yeah you know like like they don't exist anymore that was like giant chains
2: yeah it wasn't a sports chalet the fact that it wasn't means it was very 90s um and also when he's at the mall he tells uh richie april um, oh, I went yeah. over. T- I went over to Brookstone and got myself a scale, so good. which uh, I want <laughs> to do a remix. Stone. I want to do a remix of the theme song. <laughs> yeah. uh, went, went over to Brookstone, <laughs> got myself a scale. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anywho, um, before
3: we wrap this up, I, I feel we're going long, but uh, we do have a voicemail before we get out of here. Oh Ooh. yeah.
2: Well, well, we also have just two real quick more
3: segments. Oh, we don't have to go through every segment like we have just, to do. Listen, just blow through them.
2: Je- let's just blow through it's them It's not real a checklist. The we... De- 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 real gangster, it is a checklist. <laughs> I worked very hard on this.
3: Okay. <laughs> give me, me your, nothing. Checklist. Give okay, me your checklist. Give me your the
2: De- real gangster. The De- real gangster is gambling addiction, uh, mothers, monogamy, uh, Janice, and the actual mafia. Um, and uh, in terms of "gaba Vafangul, because we have a new Stevie B, dude. Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, we the words that I heard were um, agita, which was apparently agita. just an Italian. I don't think that's Italian. I think that's it just is. a word. Is no, it? it's Italian. I looked it up. It was Italian for heartburn. Oh, I thought and I just, then
5: yeah.
2: at one point, uh, Tony calls AJ. Uh, he says, hey, Gaguts, And yeah. I said, what is that word? I wonder if Stevie B, and guess what? Stevie B, he's got the Italian-American translation
3: for us. Hey, how y'all doing? I'm Stevie B, and the Italian-American slang word of the
6: day is go Goguts. <laughs> White bread Philly's been having a lot of problems with his car. Tells me he's going to take it over to the neighborhood shop, Louis. I say enough for nothing, but Louis has a mechanic. He's a bit of a go-goods. Medigan. My employee, Philip, has been experiencing a lot of trouble with his automobile. He says to me he's going to take it down to the local mechanic shop, Louis, for repair. I say to him, although Louis is a nice man, as a mechanic he's totally useless.
2: go I love Stevie B so fucking
3: much. One of our best like Americans.
2: F- oh, he's one of our best. At some point, uh, I hope to have him on the podcast. I hope you're still alive, dude. <laughs> COVID's pretty bad. So be careful, Stevie B. Uh, so yeah, I learned a new word. Google's useless. Google's. All right. So now uh, we have a voicemail. Do we? Vin? We
3: sure do. I have not vetted it because we don't do that. We just play them as Whoa. they come. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. Just like see what around. happens. Hell yeah.
5: Hey Matt and
3: Vince, this is David from Queens, first time caller, long time listener. I think that might be the wrong way around. Uh you yourself a gun, love the podcast, love the theme song, uh, just finished listening to From Here to Eternity with Emily Fleming. Great episode, couple notes, uh, with the psychic, you guys are wrong, it's definitely just real, it's canon in the Sopranos universe that Catholicism is real whatever the reality might be
6: in real life
3: also
2: I really loved when
6: (laughs) when Emily
5: was too mad about Edie Falco's bangs to even respond to the it's the
3: 90s thing uh all right that's it have a good one guys it's fair. Hell she's got, yeah. She's got bad bangs. I mean, she does. Not she, is,
2: she has very bad bangs. Yeah. And uh, Emily was right to point it out. Those are uh, kind of an anomaly in terms of bangs uh, hairstyles. Like no one really ever recreated Edie Falco's bad bangs. So uh, yeah, thanks for the voicemail. And we encourage all of our listeners to leave us voicemails that we will you know, completely not vet and just play and see what happens. In (laughs) this case, we were lucky. Nobody said any racial slurs. So we consider that a good day. (laughs) All right. Well, I think it's time to uh, wrap this bad boy up. Uh, Nando, thank you so much for coming on this
4: podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh,
2: Is there uh, anything you'd like to plug? Where, where can people find you on the internet?
4: You can find me mostly on Twitter at Nando Arvila, Instagram Nando Arvila, I guess, if you're into that. Um, And, uh, do uh, listen to the Entourage podcast. Let's pot it out an Entourage let's, podcast.
2: Let's pot it out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, let us know when you uh, start having guests because we would love. I would to absolutely be,
4: love to have you guys.
2: I would love to rewatch that show. I really enjoyed it when I first watched it. It's
4: an interesting rewatch, to say the least.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine rewatching it in twenty twenty context. it's, but, it's uh, very, it's very jarring. I'm, i I'm gonna have to check it out. Um broadcast at gmail.com that's where you can email us with any of your questions comments concerns uh vince what is the google voice number 415-275-0030 all right everyone thanks so much for listening and until next episode don't stop believing bye
4: bye oh wait did you guys notice that the end of this episode was also a journey song uh